Alrighty, here we go. So, who knows what series we're in right now? It's an easy starter. Weird flex, but okay. All right, this series, we're looking at the times in the Bible where Jesus came up against the Pharisees and we're looking at his responses to them. So the Pharisees, like we talked about last week, a group of guys who are really, really, really well-knowledged, if that's a phrase, about the Bible. They knew everything about the law and they were like, look at me, I'm so good kind of thing. Like they knew everything, which is true, but they kind of like made people feel bad because they didn't know and I did. So they're not the best kind of guys and they're always tricking, trying to trick and trying to trap Jesus. So we're looking today at another part in the Bible where those Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus, okay? If I could have 20 minutes on the clock at the back and we'll be good to go. Thank you all. Okay, so last week, who remembers anything from last week? We begin with R. Two things begin with R. One of them is like a status on Facebook, like a something status. Oh gosh, relationships, which is what Jesus is all about, relationships. What are the Pharisees all about? It begins with R, rules. And we talked about times when you've totally ignored the rules and you've also forgotten the reason behind the rules. So if you, if you don't actually have heard that, and I'm going to add this on to my time at the end, we've actually got a podcast channel going up, and we record every message. So if you've forgotten, or you've been away, or you're going away on holiday, and you need something to listen to, get on the podcast app on your iPhone, or on whatever the other stuff is. Uh, what's it called? Android, that's it. I'm just so like, don't use it, so... But shout out Android. Uh, but yeah, get on the podcast and listen to last week so you jog your memory ahead of the next one. Okay, so tonight, let's jump in. Enough chit chat. Okay, honor God, honor people. And on the next slide, it says, bada bing, bada boom, either or, both and. Okay, there it is. Nice. Okay, so we're going to be talking about how having this approach to life, we have either a either, an either or approach to life or a both and approach to life. We're going to talk about which one Jesus is talking about, which one the Pharisees are talking about, okay? But before we do that, have you ever been put in an either or situation? So like, I'll explain what I mean. When I was younger, I don't know how many can identify with this, I'm hoping, a lot of you. When you go out for a meal with your family or it's someone's birthday, go out for a three-course meal, okay, and then your mum says, you can only have two courses, so you have to pick either a dessert or a starter. Anyone been there? I'm there regularly, yeah? Okay, when it's two for one on like two courses, you're like, oh my word, what do I do? And then you smell the garlic bread go past and you're like, right, I'm in starter. Then you get a starter, eat that up, lovely, have your mains, from, let's say Hunter's Chicken, why not? Uh, and then you come to dessert and the people either side of you have both like stuck it out, resisted starter and got dessert. And now you're like seriously regretting the decision. You're like, you're looking at like the brownies with like some ice cream just melting over it. And you're like, why, why didn't, and you're just hoping like they can't finish it so you can have a bit. But anyone ever been there? That's an either or situation where you've got to kind of do one or the other. You can't do both. In fact, let's, let's do a little crowd participation here. If we could have a bit more lights up so I can see some people. I'm gonna present a couple of things and you need to put your hand up for either one, okay? So you've got to pick one and in this situation it's like, so the first one is sweets or chocolate, right? And it's like if you pick sweets for the rest of your life you can never have chocolate again. Or if you pick chocolates for the rest of your life you can never have sweets, all right? That's the rules, okay? So sweets or chocolate, hand up for sweets. I'm all about the sweets. Hands up for chocolate. 
pretty split. Megan, Eden, what are you can join in? Chocolate, nice, nice. Okay, ketchup or mayo? Hands up for ketchup. All day, all day. Mayo? Some people though, yeah, some people can't do that, mayo. Fair enough, it's not right or wrong. You'd rather go without ketchup forever than mayo. Yeah, I, every time I eat chicken, easy. Done. <laughs> All right, next. Sports or music? Hands up for sports. Oh, I'm not going to play this one. I really don't know. Okay, okay. I'm with sports. Hands up for music. All right. All right, music or film? And film includes like cinema, TV, Netflix, everything. Okay. Music. Hands up. Oh my goodness. Film. Because you get good soundtracks on films anyway, so kind of cheating. Last one, Instagram or Snapchat. Don't say yeah, but like just play along, all right? Okay, hands up for Instagram. Hands up for Snapchat. Oh, I think Instagram takes it. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I don't know if you've ever been in them situations when you play those little games and you're like, every time it comes to me in them games, I'm like, why do we have to do this? Like, what is this universe where I can't have both these things? Like, I want brownies and ice cream. Like, don't put me in this position. I don't know about you, but it's frustrating. I don't like it. And I'd always want to have both. Like, out of all those things, except mayo, I'm not really a fan of mayo, I'd rather have both of, of those things. And it's hard to live without the other, Okay. So we're going to incorporate that in, this either-or mentality, as opposed to this both-and mentality. Okay, you with me? Let's go. We're going to go to the Bible. We're going to turn to Matthew 22 and 15 to 22. So if you've got a Bible, you can look it up. If you don't, the key parts are going to be on the screen. I'll put them up there. So we set the scene. Just like last week, Jesus and his disciples hanging out, changing lives, taking names, that kind of stuff, doing the thing. And uh, the Pharisees come up and they're always coming up with ways, like I said, to try and trap Jesus, okay? And it actually says, you can tell they're trying to trap him because listen to this, right? They walk up to Jesus like, teacher, they said, we know you're a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are because he's paying attention to God. They're like buttering up, they're teeing him up right now to try and knock him down. Okay, making him sound really good. Probably saying it really loud in front of a lot of people so that when they take him down, it's gonna be, no one's gonna wanna follow Jesus anymore. Okay, that's what, they, that's what they're wanting, all right? So they're bigging him up. And he says, tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Okay, this is what they're trying to trip him up with. We'll come back to that in a second. But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, Jesus knows what's going on. He said, lads, come on. That's not a direct quote. He says, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? He knows what they're doing. He knows what their game is. He says, show me the coin that you, that you used to pay tax. He's like, give me the coin. Get out, let me see it. They brought it to him, and it was a denarius, which is the currency of the day. Uh, and he asked them, whose portrait is this? You know on ours, it's like the queen is on like the 50p. Is she on everything? I think she is. Her. No? She's on some stuff. On coins, anyway. That's my example. You see the queen on it, don't you? And so Jesus very simply just says, so give back to, C oh, sorry, so Caesar's portrait is on there, okay? 
So we're paying tax to Caesar, and it's his picture that's on the coin, right? And he says, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And I know there should be apostrophes in there for the grammar police, but it's a free download of the app. Uh, not the app, the font, and it didn't come with punctuation, so sorry, all right? There'd also be quote marks and everything, but anyway, let's deal with that. Uh, so, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and get on your way and give to God what is God's, okay? And then he says, when, he said, when they heard this, the Pharisees, they were so amazed, so they left him and went away. They were stunned by that. And you might think, I don't really know what's so stunning about that. But we'll get into that. So, like we say, the Pharisees are trying to trip Jesus up with an either-or question. They say, I know they said, is it right to pay tax to Caesar, right? Basically, they're saying, Caesar or God, okay? So they're saying, should we pay tax to Caesar, meaning that you're not giving everything to God, so tripping him up that way? Or should you not pay tax to Caesar because you're giving everything to God and then disobey Caesar? So either way, they can point Jesus out to be wrong, okay? That's their tactic, that's their game. They know they've got him cornered, they've got him in a position that like, boom, we're gonna have him after this. He's either gonna be in prison because he's dissing Caesar or we can knock him down because he's not spiritual enough to put God above Caesar, okay? Sounds complicated, but basically all you need to know is in a no-win situation, apparently. It's almost like, like a moral dilemma. So. Think of, you've all heard it before, like, would you steal bread to feed your family? You've all, have you heard of that before? Like, so would you break the law and steal to feed your starving family? It's like this thing of like, you can't win. Like, either way, something's gonna happen. That's the kind of position Jesus is in in his eye. If it was us, we'd be like, what am I gonna do, okay? But Jesus comes out and he points away from this either or mentality. And he says both, and he says, give Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and go and give God what belongs to God, okay? And you think, how is this relevant today? How is this relevant to us? Well, we actually face the same battle every single day. As people, if we call ourselves Christ followers, or if you've got any sort of inkling to follow Jesus, or know who he is, or know what that's all about, we face this battle every day. Let me explain. We can have an either-or approach to life, or we can have a both and approach to life. And what I'm talking about is, we can be like 100% church, 100% God and nothing else. And like just be in these four walls all the time. Like I think of an old lady who's like a church warden and she's just like, when you, if you get in dead early, she's like sweeping or like cleaning the organ or something. Like she's always in church, she's 100% church and doesn't have a social life outside. You can either be that or you can either be 100% not in church in the world, as we call it. Which like, if we're talking about the world, that's everything that the world has to offer, okay? Experiencing that. So we can approach life like, and like, just to put some skin on that thought, I've had friends who've gone away to Bible college, become a vicar, I've never seen them again, and they're like completely like in the church zone, forever studying, and they're sort of lost in that. And they become so church-focused, so, so God-focused. And it's not, I'm not saying it's bad to be God-focused. Don't take that away from tonight. But when there's not 
loving people involved, we can stumble. So I've had people who've gone so far that way. And of course, I've had friends who I've grown up with in church and we've worshiped together and we've cried together, experienced God together, all these things. And then all of a sudden, like they hit uni or they hit a certain age or they meet a girl or a guy and then they just sort of drift off and they go away and they've turned their back on God and now they're completely in the world. And if we're not careful, we can have this view of like, it's either that or that. Like I'm sure a lot of us in school, I've been there when I was in school, it's a big thing to say like that you go to church or that you admit that kind of stuff. And if you're not careful, you're actually living like out in the world and nobody actually knows that you're a Christian. Nobody actually knows that. Whereas you're like, I do actually, this is a big part of my life. And so we pick that, I'm, I'm a Christian today. I'm not a Christian tomorrow. And it's that either or thing. And Jesus is saying, that's not how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be and and both. We're supposed to love God and people at the same time, okay? Following me? Sweet. They nodded on the podcast, if you're listening. Everyone nodded. Uh, Okay, so Jesus is saying it's both and. It's not either or. That's the approach the Pharisees had. He's got to be this or this, black and white. He said, no, it's both, okay? And let me tell you, if, if we have that approach, the enemy... The bad guy, the devil, he loves that. He's rubbing his hands together either way. He loves the either or life, all right? He absolutely loves it because if we isolate ourselves from God and say goodbye and turn our back on God and go completely in the world and live like the prodigal son, if you heard that story, in the world, devil's loving that because we're separated from God, aren't we? But something we don't think about is he's actually quite happy for us to be sold out for Jesus, sell all our stuff, live in the church and only be in these four walls and never break out of these four walls because then we're ineffective, aren't we? If we're always in the church and never going out and talking to people about Jesus and what he's done in my life, this is what happened on Sunday night. Yeah, I go to church and it's actually wicked. You should come down. Like the devil's so happy if we're just in church and not going out and spreading the message. Do you understand? Everyone with me on that? So this either or life is playing perfectly into what the enemy wants for us. Jesus encouraged us to this and or both an and life. Because, yeah, if, if we, just to reiterate that, if we follow the world and forget Jesus, we end up being lost. It's what we call lost. When we don't know Jesus, we're lost souls. And when we are only in the church, but we're not actually putting that into practice out, out of these walls, then we're ineffective. And that's not what we are called for. We are called to live differently to that, okay? We are called, if we are to be Jesus followers, Christ followers, it says in John 17, 14, and 16, it sort of summarizes, and you can look at that in your group. We're called to live in the world, but not of it. We're called to be in the world, but not of it. That might be a little bit, what does that mean? Well, let's look at Jesus' ministry, Jesus' life as like a whole to think about it, okay? Where did Jesus spend most of his time, like when we see it? Was he like always at church? Do you ever see in the Bible, like Jesus went to church every Sunday, he was on time? Do you ever see that or the temple or, or, you know, whatever it would have been then? We don't really hear that, do we? I know like Jesus like kind of, he kind of is the deal, but just come with me on it. So you don't see Jesus in church all the time. We see him out in the darkest places. He's down in the gutter, okay? And why is he down in the gutter? Well, who is he with? Is he always hanging out with super spiritual dudes, which would be the Pharisees in those days, walking around like they know it all, wearing the spiritual clothes, 
with the robes and the hats. I don't know if that's, you have to look up if that's what they actually wear. That's what I imagine. No, he wasn't. He was hanging around with, he had a group of teenagers that were following him, his disciples, to learn from him. But he spent his time with the sinners, with the sick, the cripples, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the hated, the rejected, the untouchables, the don't go near them, the people you don't want to be seen with. That's who he was with. And does that actually look like how we live now? Think about that for a second. Or like, do we spend time where we're comfortable, like in a nice church setting? And then when we go out of the church setting, we just spend time with our friends because that's the comfortable thing to do. When we see a guy on the street in need of prayer and we feel that pull, but we think, ah, I'm with these guys, so that's kind of going to make me look a bit weird. So I'm not going to do that. We're called to be in the world, but not of the world, okay? And the reason for that is, I believe... If that wasn't the case, if there wasn't a job to do on earth, there must be something for us to do on earth. Because if not, as soon as you say I'm a Christian, as soon as you accept Jesus, we'd go to heaven, right? But we've got a job to do on here. When you accept Jesus into your heart, you accept this life to go and spread the word, to go and do as he did, to go and spend time with these people, to take Jesus into the world. So that means like, because you're a Christian doesn't mean, oh, I don't go to parties because I'm a Christian. I don't go out with these people. I don't do that. I don't look at these things, whatever. But because you're a Christian, you say, I can go to that party, but I'm not going to drink that or I'm not going to get drunk. Or like, I can go to that sleepover. I don't know what you guys do, but I can go to that sleepover, but I won't watch that. I won't engage in that thing because I need to be in the world, but not of it. Like I'm of Jesus. Does that make sense? Like I represent Jesus and I then take that into the world, into the people that don't know him, into the dark places. I can chill with the boys, but I'm not gonna laugh at that joke because I don't, I don't agree with that and I stand for something that's pure and something that's better than that. I'll hang out with the girls, but I'm not gonna be talking about these people behind their back and that's not to say that guys don't talk about people behind their back because they do and it's not to say that girls don't laugh at inappropriate jokes, but they do, but it's just the way that I wrote it down, so don't blame me, okay? We all do these kind of things, but it's saying you don't avoid those situations as Christians. So many times we can be scared and be like, oh no, I can't be in that situation because it's not holy. I don't think that was Jesus' approach. I think it was like, get me in that situation so I can bring the holy, if that makes sense. I can make that situation holy. I can make that situation like less of the world and more of the kingdom of God. Like, I'll be on social media, but I'm not going to follow that person you want me to follow because actually what they stand for and the stuff they post, like, it really challenges me. And I don't, I, I don't want to see that every day. And I feel like I see the effect it's having on you and it's messing you up. And actually, I need to unfollow some people that I followed a long time ago. And I'm, I'm just questioning that kind of stuff. Called to be in the world, but not of it. But I would say just be careful with that. When we're going into the world, when we're going into that party, we're going into that whatever it is, what happened when Jesus met with people, when he went into the world, is someone was always influencing and someone was always being changed. And every single time Jesus was influencing someone and that person was being changed. He would heal a sick person. He would heal a crippled person. He would rebuke the Pharisees. Jesus was the influencer in every one of these situations and the other person went away changed forever. But if we go into those situations and we actually find ourselves being influenced, like the other person's influencing us, encouraging us to take that drink, encouraging us to laugh at that thing, to look at this thing that I'm sending you, all that stuff, and then we're being changed, that's when we need to get out. 
That's when we need to go and find a friend who's, who knows what this is all about, who knows what being in the world and not of it is all about. We need to get accountable to somebody. We need to make sure when we're in the world that we're taking Jesus with us so that we can influence others with the love, the spirit of Jesus, so that they might change for the better. Do we understand that? Do we understand the, the need to just kind of be careful, to be like, oh, I'm actually being tempted here and I can't stop it, so I'm just going to back away. And like, it says in the Bible, flee, like run from it, if you're to flee from temptation. Like, and I'd say that literally, like, turn around and run out wherever you are. Don't care if it looks stupid. We're going to keep pure, we're going to keep honorable. So, to wrap up, before we go to do some questions and really break this thing down, we influence, they change. That's the example that Jesus set, and it's his love, his influence coming out of us. Later in this same chapter in Matthew 22, Jesus gives out what's called the greatest commandment. And it's like, again, the Pharisees are like, what's the best thing you could say, kind of thing, like put him on the spot. Do who know, does anyone know what it is? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, mind. He says, this is the first and most important commandment. And then he says, the next one, the second one, is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. We've all heard that before, right? You don't need to be a Christian for 20 years to know that. We hear that in school, all over the place. Love God, love people. He doesn't say, pick one or the other, does he? He doesn't say, it's either love God or love people. He says both. But I think, like, if we look at our lives... We're, we're maybe a bit stronger in one than the other. Some of us are really good at loving God, and that's amazing, but we actually neglect the people that need so much love in our lives, and that can be the people closest to us, our parents. Do we show them love enough, or are we always like this? The people who are that close to us that, like, they know about, we go to church, but that's just where it stays, and it's like, we don't talk about it, because I just go to church, that's it. And some of us are really good at loving people and we're so social and it's great and we have so many friends, but actually they don't even know Jesus. And, and we don't even know Jesus that well and we're not pursuing him because all our time spent by surrounding ourselves with all these people. And I want us just now, just where you are, to just, just bow your heads and close your eyes. We're gonna have an opportunity to, to respond to God, not to respond to me or even to these words specifically, but to the spirit of God, which we believe is in this place and is moving right now. And when we do this thing, we say, oh, put your hand up and put it back down. And just so you know, it's nothing weird. It's like when you respond to God on the outside, that doesn't make a difference to God. Like he knows your heart. He knows if you responded on the inside. The whole put your hand up and down is just for you to make it more real for you in your life. And so I believe that some of us are living either or lives. We're living lives that say at the weekend, or when it's a social and when it's youth night and when it's church on Sunday morning, I love God so much and I'm so good at that and I'm so good at following him and I lift my hands and I praise him. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday comes around and we go back to school and we put God in that box and we say, see you later, I'll see you next weekend. And then we just become all about the world and we become all about those people and we can actually start to live a double life and I know we can all identify with this feeling, but if you feel like you're living that either or life right now and you want to take Jesus' word and say, I want to love God and people at the same time. I want these two worlds to collide and I want Jesus to come out on top. If that's you, just stick your hand up right now. If Jesus is speaking to you right now and, he, and something's clicking with you with this message, pop your hand up, straight back down. That's all you got to do just in this moment. Just up and down. Thank you, thank you. 
anybody else. Just have the courage to have that outward response. If you want to say, Jesus, I want to start taking this seriously. I don't just want to do one or the other. I want to love God and people. Hand up and then hand down. Thank you. Let me just pray. Father God, we thank you for this evening. We thank you that you are a loving God who loves us, Lord Jesus. Lord, you don't need us. You don't need relationship with us. You just want us, Lord. Lord, we need you, Lord God. Help us to see that. Help us to recognize that. From tonight, as we go into these discussions, Lord Jesus, help us discover what it is to put ourselves in the world but not be influenced by the world, Lord God. Help us to see how we can love you and honor you with our lives, Lord Jesus, in surrender and sacrifice and how we can love our fellow people, Lord God, and the people we don't know. Lord, bless this evening. I just pray for the people who raise their hands, Lord God, that we can actually work hard to marry these two lives together so that we're not living a double life anymore, Lord God. We're, we're living a life that you've called us to, Lord Jesus, to take what you've done in our hearts and spread it to the ends of the earth, Lord Jesus. So I pray for the courage for those people to do that. And I pray that they would speak to somebody tonight to start making that happen practically. And Father, I just pray for anyone in here who feels like they don't know you at the moment, Lord God, or anybody who feels like they're distant from you and what the stuff that's going on tonight just seems like gibberish, Lord God. I just pray that you would do something tonight in the hearts of those people. That in this group time, we can be honest and open and talk about that, Lord God, and that you would move uh, and we might see salvation in the house tonight, Lord God. I pray that in your holy name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's get into some groups. Leaders sent you all a WhatsApp of the questions. So enjoy. Let's try and go. Let's try and keep guys, guys, girls, girls, if that's okay. Um, and if you don't know what you're doing, a leader will come and grab you.